Hey, I mean, it's cool that uh, Joe Biden sent uh, four free COVID tests to the house, but uh, I really wish he'd send that uh, $2,000 a month retroactive to the pandemic. New year, new me. <laughs> Same me, though. Um, to, be a Negro in, to be a Negro in this country and to be um, relatively conscious is to be in a state of rage almost, almost all of the time. You wonder why I spit the truth and not to make no dope. To make a difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. Always glad to be on the pod. Got a, actually a lot of different things that I'm going to talk about today during the course of this podcast. I'm mostly freestyling it, but I think you all will appreciate it by the, um, by the end of the show. First and foremost, I really want to talk about uh, Martin Luther King as it's uh, the Wednesday after the King holiday. And I'll be honest with you, man, like King commemorations at this point, largely leave me unfulfilled <clears throat> and I say this as a person who is actually in the midst of a writing project about Dr. King and his relevance um, to today and to be perfectly clear like King is so relevant and it's amazing that you know the things that he was able to do in a 15 year period of time um, resonates and provides so many lessons even today. And a question that I've been asked a bunch here in the past few weeks and really the past few months is like, why, why is he relevant to today and how is he relevant? And I'll say first and foremost, that in order for Dr. King to be, well, I'll, I'll put it this way in order for us to be able to apply some of the lessons of his legacy and, you know, and, and really appreciate what it is that he was trying to accomplish and that he was always evolving is that we really got to understand the man. And we got to stop, you know, trying to understand him with, you know, uh, with a limited gaze. So you can't just look at him, look at the Montgomery bus boycott and what he did in 55 and 56. You can't just look at the March on Washington and I have a dream speech in 1963. You got to look at anti-war king, anti-imperialist king, anti-capitalist king. And you saw that really in 68, you know, in the weeks, the months and the weeks before he died. And so once you embrace that king, what ends up happening is, is that you're embracing Malcolm X as well. Because, again, you're embracing an anti-imperialist, anti-capitalist. Um, you're embracing a black man who, whose faith made him larger than life. So, you know, it's one thing to study King and, you know, and to be clear, the powers that be really don't want you to study King. But once you start studying King, you say, well, man, him and Malcolm are really alike. What they really don't want you doing is studying Malcolm because once you start studying Malcolm, what you'll understand is that the plight in America as it relates to black people is a plight all over the world. And so, now you're starting to connect back to Africa and throughout the rest of the world. And at that point, America's lies are exposed. The, you know, how America conducts itself in world affairs. 
those things are exposed. And these are things that Martin and Malcolm spoke uh, toward, spoke about at the cost of their lives. And, you know, being younger, and obviously, I, you know, we've, we know about, we've known about the fates of Martin and Malcolm for some time. But I think they hit different when you look at some of their family pictures, when you look at, you know, pictures of Dr. King with his wife, with his four children, when you look at pictures of Malcolm, his beautiful wife, with their children. And you take that fatherly presence away and, you know, you think about what it meant for those children growing up, what it meant for those wives growing up without that presence. And that presence was violently, those presences were violently snuffed out because they wanted better for everyone, because they wanted better for black people. As I look at Dr. King's life and I look at his approach to um, racial and economic justice, I look at where we are as black people, particularly in a year um, where midterms are coming up, where important elections are coming up. <clears throat> and I want to draw a quick timeline. So Dr. King uh, became a pastor of a church in Montgomery, Alabama, and shortly his, you know, we'll call it, well, we'll, we'll just say his uh, career of activism took off, starting with the Montgomery bus boycott, which was a campaign that focused strictly on desegregation. And so as he moved from Montgomery to Atlanta and started the SCLC and collaborated, soon to collaborate with uh, SNCC, the NCC, um, he, we go, he went from desegregation and then incorporated voting rights. Over the course of a decade, almost until he was assassinated, uh, Dr. King spoke out about not only desegregation, voting rights, but civil rights, labor rights, um, economic justice, um, anti-war movements, or excuse me, anti-war sentiments, uh, spoke about the triple evils of racism, poverty, and war. And at the time of his assassination, was in Memphis speaking up on behalf of sanitation workers um, during a labor dispute that shows the importance of having a race and class analysis I say all of this to say that the black agenda moving forward has to be expansive as it relates to politics. And what I mean by that is it's not electoral politics because the politics of voting, for the most part, do not get essential needs met for black people. When we look at health care, when we look at education, when we look at money, when we look at I mean, just environmental services and environmental conditions. All of these things are woefully unacceptable for black people. And you can, we can look at wealth inequality. We can, inequality exists throughout all of these different topics for black people. And yet, when these issues are raised, the response by the establishment is always vote. We see the fundamental disservice of that today because currently what you have is, is that you have a Democratic White House, you have a Democratic Senate, you have a Democratic House of Representatives, 
And something as simple as voting rights cannot be secured for African Americans. Now, if that doesn't make sense to you, I perfectly understand. Because we were all told in 2020 that if we voted for certain senators, if we voted for Biden, that all these things would be taken care of and would be fixed and we wouldn't have to. And that, of course, was a lie. Now, I can also tell you that all of this back and forth about voting rights is deceptive as well. Because, make no mistake about it, if Joe Manchin was a progressive, like, say, Bernie Sanders or AOC, Joe Biden, Jim Clyburn, Nancy Pelosi, and their ilk would have no problem getting a progressive out of the paint. But Joe Manchin is a part of the establishment. And as long as he's a part of the establishment, he provides a convenient excuse for the delay of the rights and services that should be provided for African Americans and for working class people that simply have not been provided. There's no excuse for it. There's no bootstrap speech that needs to be told. I'm not hearing any of it. The Democrats are absolutely going to get crushed in the midterms. So you're going to have a lame duck president. I use that term very loosely because Joe Biden is already a lame duck because he can't control two senators. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Though in the case of making a difference, in, in the case of black politics, it provides an opportunity to be perfectly clear about what it is that black people should be demanding and black politics should be demanding. Because as I look at groups that are divided by gender, race, and class, it is clear that other groups make their intent known for what it is that they want. Whether you talk about whites, Asians, Hispanics, um, LGBT, these groups, you have a pretty clear idea of what it is that they want. For African Americans, for black people, those ideas are not clearly defined because of who we allow to represent us in terms of the black misleadership class, in terms of the black bourgeoisie. And this is why moving forward on making a difference, when there are black elected officials or black candidates who come on the show, I'm going to ask them at some point this very simple question. What are you going to do for black people? And if a candidate cannot answer that question, that's going to be a huge indictment of that individual. And I can ask that question of white candidates as well. But we all know why that question resonates more with black candidates, because so many African-American candidates run on the representation piece. Well, we need we need more people in office who look like us. Well, looking like us is no longer enough if you do not represent us and if you do not fight for us and I truly look forward to the implementation of this agenda I've had the good fortune to talk to people um, over the last I would say six months and more um, conversations that I truly look forward to sharing with you all and and look forward to continuing to have because with all of the craziness that's going on in the world there are still so many people who are fighting for a better world, who are fighting on behalf of black people. And I want to close the gap in terms of communication between you and those people and making a difference. I am here to tell you right now will be a conduit in that regard. I'm going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I want to talk about a situation, an ongoing situation 
um, that breaks my heart. You're listening to Making a Difference. My name is Lauren Macon, and you are listening to Making a Difference with my handsome husband, Ken Macon. This is Donald Doe and Michael Doe with Family Financial Consultants. Do you need help with Medicare, with affordable mortgage and life insurance, building an estate for your child? We provide these types of services for you and much more. As independent insurance brokers, we take pride in coming into people's homes and not only saving them money, but changing their lives. Imagine only paying a few dollars for your medicine instead of hundreds, or cutting the cost of your insurance premiums. Our goal is to provide affordable policies tailored to your individual needs. Give us a call at 803-293-8915 or 706-503-3933. Family Financial Consultants, LLC, located at 412 Edgefield Road in North Augusta, South Carolina. Agents work for companies, but a broker works for you. It's the West Coast Diva. Tell them, follow the leader. It's yo, yo. You're listening to Making the Difference with Ken Making. Welcome back to Making the Difference. I'm your host, Ken Making. I'm just sitting here thinking about, really thinking about my kids. And when I hear about bad things that happen to children, I do so now with the added perspective of being a father. And just always being mindful of them and always being protective of them. And I uh, just remember a few weeks ago hearing about a young lady in Augusta, um, eight years old, who was killed in a drive-by shooting. And two things came to my mind when I heard about it. Because I heard about the little girl's name. Her name is Aubrey. And, you know, I heard people, you know, mentioning her name is Bree. And um, I was actually reminded of a young man who owns a lawn care service. And that's the name of the lawn care service, which was also named in, in tribute and in tragedy. But I, I thought about that girl, and the, that little girl. And the first thing I thought about was my kids and how I couldn't even begin to imagine something like that you know, happening to one of my boys. And, of course, the tributes came in, and, you know, you heard from family members, you heard from the young lady's father, and days went on, and I just kept hearing stories, kept hearing stories. And there was just this familiar rhetoric, and the rhetoric was that, you know, this is why we need to put more faith in law enforcement, and we need to come together as a community, you know, this is, you know, this isn't, don't, this don't have anything to do with, you know, this has to do with individuals. So I'm hearing all these different types of things. And it's always hard to tell the truth in the midst of tragedy. And what I mean by that is you have to be mindful of people's feelings and you have to give people time to mourn. You should anyway. It's in good taste. But the real tragedy of this is that it's going to happen again. And it's not going to happen because of individuals. It's going to happen because we live in a society that allows for it. And I know that because if you Google it, there's an eight-year-old girl in North Carolina whose family had to endure that same tragedy. 
And these are tragedies that we endure all over the country. And the response is always predictable. We always hear from politicians who say, well, the community's got to stand up. Uh, we hear, you know, we got to put more money in law enforcement. We hear everything except the obvious thing, the elephant in the room, which is that poverty factors into crime. There is not a factor. There's, there's a direct correlation between poverty and crime. And so if we ever want to resolve crime or if we ever want to curb crime, we must first curb poverty. Now, I know why this is hard for people to embrace or even understand because so much of how we engage community and so much of how we conduct ourselves is based on our personal experiences. And so it's based on empirical data. And that's why I'm also reminded of a status that I posted on the Making a Difference page in response to a presentation um, that focuses on Emmett Till's mother. And at the point of that presentation, I raised the point to say that we have to be able to provide the designation or, you know, be able to discern between black trauma for the purpose of historical understanding versus black trauma versus or black trauma for in the, or rather in the spirit of entertainment. And I said, based on the fact that the Emmett Till story is one that many of us are fairly familiar with that, you know, these incarnations or retelling of these stories are largely for an entertainment. Most people agreed with that point, though there was a person who said that as a black mother, every time she sees an Emmett Till type of story or, you know, basically anything that happened to a black child that that she endures or, you know, or is affected by that trauma. And I understood that. It actually is going to be a motivating factor into what I say next. Out of tragedy, we must find purpose. And I mean that sincerely for black people. Um, we've endured so much just being here in this country. We continue to endure. And as it relates to children in harm's way, which is to say all of our children, because of COVID, because of their blackness, we must be very deliberate in making sure that our children are growing up in environments um, that are fertile ground for success, for community, for love. And we have to understand that to do it for one child is not enough. To do it for our own children is not enough. We have to do it for all of our children. Because if you only focus on your kids, then your child may go to school and encounter a child who no one loves, is, is unloved, who is not receiving those things at home. And so in that situation, there could be a conflict. I really just want us to grow as a people, man. I want us to and eventually grow into a community of people who said who collectively say that one death is one death too many, um, whether it's in a drive-by situation or whether it's at the hands of police or whether it's because of homelessness. I just want us to eventually come to a point where we say, you know what, if the system is deliberate and it's being deficient, then hell with the system. 
And that's what I'm fighting for, man. I'm fighting for it, not just for myself, not just for you listening, but for my own kids and yours. What's going on, everybody? It's Knife Wonder right here, man. And you're checking out Making a Difference with my man Ken Macon. Keep it locked. Peace. Do you need insurance for your car, home, life, or business? Then trust Jay Harvey, your Allstate insurance agent in Evans, Georgia. He opened his agency in 2017 because he loves helping and working with people. As a husband and father, he understands the importance of helping families prepare for the unexpected. You can get a personalized insurance quote today by calling 706-434-8106. Jay's office is located at 3118-8 William Few Parkway in Evans, Georgia. Remember, you're in good hands with Jay Harvey, your neighborhood Allstate insurance agent. This episode of Making a Difference and every episode moving forward will honor the life and legacy of my dear brother, James Macon. James had a way of telling the truth that endeared him to family and made him respected by his friends and peers. That standard is now my gift and my burden of responsibility. Long live St. James. Welcome back to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. Only need a few more minutes of your time. I just want to tell you that the black agenda begins here. Um, it will be undoubtedly controversial because of this country and its commitment to anti-blackness. But making a difference is a safe space for blackness. And I encourage you to continue um, to support the movement, what we're doing here. And I am truly looking forward to what is to come. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com backslash making a different show. M-A-K-I-N. Facebook.com backslash making a different show. You can also find me on Twitter at difference making M-A-K-I-N. No TikTok yet, but never say never. And with that, I bid you peace until we meet again. May the best of your todays be the worst of your tomorrows. Talk to you soon. The revolution will not be televised. You see, a lot of times people see, 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 see battles and skirmishes on TV and they say, aha, the revolution is being televised. Nah, the results of the revolution are being televised. The first revolution is when you change your mind about how you look at things and see that there might be another way to look at it that you have not been shown. What you see later on is the results of that, but the revolution, that change that takes place will not be televised.